Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, Wake, Awake, for Night is Flying. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord. We've got Zachary Brockhoff and Lars Olson. We are awake and ready to talk about Wake, Awake, for Night is Flying. Thanks, Mason. It's good to be here with you. Today is the 24th Sunday after Pentecost, and we're in Matthew 25, which um, fits just perfectly along with Wake, Awake, for Night is Flying. Um, Zachary, tell us why this hymn was was written. Well, uh, the, the hymn was written um, in the context of uh, two or three other hymns, in fact, a, a sort of a package deal. And um, I always find when we come to this time of the uh, church year, you get sort of a mini Advent before Advent begins. You get a lot of these texts that are sort of end of end of time, <laughs> judgment sounding texts, no matter what uh, year uh, we find ourselves in the lectionary. And uh, it's difficult to figure out, should I sing these hymns now, or do I wait until we get to Advent and sing them then, when this sort of comes back and you, you have these themes swirling around. But this one um, fits absolutely perfectly for the day. Um, we are awake to talk about this hymn because it's one of uh, what what history now calls this particular hymn, the King of Chorales, of, of Lutheran Chorales, wow. the, the Queen of Lutheran Chorales, for those I know just dying to to know the the partner here is um, O Morning Star, How Fair and Bright. And these two actually go together. So uh, Philip Nikolai, who wrote these, um, uh, wrote them really in, uh, in horrible circumstances. He arrives at his parish uh, to, to preach, and the plague strikes. So in the, in the city itself, 1,400 of the 2,500 citizens, roughly, from what they can estimate, uh, die in a year. And uh, that sounds bad enough. Now you can picture as a pastor or anybody working in the church burying 300 people in one month. This was supposedly in July of that year. In August, he buried almost another 200. And um, as if to put a, a nice fine point on this, um, his uh, his uh, parsonage or where he lived at that time overlooked the cemetery. So if he wasn't sure how many he had buried, he could take a look outside and just, just see what this was like. Um, conducted, we're told, as many as 30 funerals a day. Well, he turns around and he starts writing a commentary um, based uh, um, largely on uh, Romans. And as part of this, he begins to write these hymns. So, um, alongside the, the hymns, he writes uh, this passage from Romans 8. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is revealed or to be revealed to us. And he writes, O morning star, how fair and bright. And, and then this hymn. Now, O morning star, how fair and bright also um, speaks of Christ um, and particularly yearning for the day of Christ's returning, yearning for this bridegroom to return. This one uh, in this particular hymn, um, the soul greets Christ now as he arrives. So this is the, the pattern. The other two that follow, um, 
as one person has said, leave behind the sufferings of earth. And in the fourth one, or the final one, um, we're simply reveling in paradise. But this one is particularly to greet the bridegroom. We're no longer yearning. He's here. Wake, awake. <laughs> uh, time is has run out for you, um, uh, which, of course, is at least partially the message of the <laughs> of this weekend's text for uh, the, the group who dilly-dallies. Uh, so um, anyway, it, it was written to go with this text. Uh, that's why it exists, and that's why we'll sing it here and not wait till the first Sunday of Advent. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful uh, background into that and just insight into the, into the hymn, because that's exactly what the, the text is really about, right? Yeah. Um, it's uh, not that we're waiting for the second coming, it's that he's coming now. Right. Uh, that Jesus is uh, actually present for you, and that means something. So we're not just, you know, kind of, uh, especially for something like you're talking about with the story of, of Philip Nikolai, the, um, um, it's easy to, it's easy enough when, uh, to, to think of life just kind of rolling through and continuing. But when you're faced with death all the time, you're actually saying, where is uh, God now? Mm-hmm. Uh, not, you know, it'll be okay if I wait a little long. Sure. No, you're saying, no, uh, we need him here this moment, not uh, down the road a little bit, which is the point of the the scripture reading for the day, right? Uh, be awake, uh, keep watch because he's ever so near. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it finally um, says that um, better maybe in certain translations than others. There are various translations of this hymn. ELW um, uh, has slightly different than LSB, which is slightly different than LBW. <laughs> uh, so it, it depends... Um, Whatever you have in your pew, you can sing, and they all they all work. Um, but um, for me, anyway, whenever I hear these kinds of texts of brides, bridegrooms, and who's the bridegroom, and obviously the sermon's going to go into this quite a bit more than the hymn can. Um, so I think it's best sung around sermon time after it's had some supporting work done. Um, uh, but uh, particularly in ELW and and others. Um, the second stanza tells you, uh, now come, O blessed one, Lord Jesus, God's own son. It tells you who this one is to come. And um, then, in a way, tells you why he's arrived. Sing Hosanna. So the, the, the same thing we're going to sing on Palm Sunday, the cries of save us, uh, God, uh, belong to Christ. They're, they're almost right alongside each other there. This one to save has come, or to judge in this case. And um, and then uh, I have to say the the latter half of this uh, second stanza the the translation is not uh, as good um, in ELW as maybe others and certainly in the original it says come one come all follow to the banquet hall well we can assume what this means but in the German it actually uses the word for Lord's supper and uh, in other translations it will say uh, um, exactly um, what. Uh, what you were referencing before, that the point is Christ is here for us now. We don't have to wait, um, which is why this works wonderfully in Advent also, um, but specifically where we can we can uh, have Christ now at this banquet hall at our Lord's table. So, um, and then the third stanza um, is just uh, an absolute cry of uh, of joy, right? What it what it will be when Christ has has come. Um, you you get a little taste of this before we move into our third hymn of the series for Nikolai. So, um, 
but very much this hymn, you know, it's interesting. I think musicians um, worship at the altar of Bach's setting of this in his cantata. Oh, we should do this for Advent, but it really goes with this text. Um, and so to, to sing it with the actual scripture for which Nikolai intended is, is really, um, I think, the point. Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza-by-stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.